Jim Fellows. Father Rob is off doing a retreat right now, but filling in for him is a priest that I've known for, gosh, I don't know how long, Father. How long have we known each other? Probably close to 15 years. 15 years. So um, please welcome to the podcast, Father Brian Lynch. Um, and uh, welcome, Father. Thank you. It's good to be in with you. It's good to see, <laughs> it's good to see you again. <laughs> I saw, I remember we, we had a reunion. I went to, uh, I've been here at Transfiguration for almost a year. And I went to St. Ambrose, my first assignment, where I met you to help out with yeah. presumably confessions, maybe mass. And I ran into you, and I said, Jim, because <laughs> that that's your name. That was, that was really awesome. You had come to, you had walked in um, to ask uh, directions from when, when our men's group was meeting a couple of times. And then, and I honestly, I didn't recognize you. I mean, I think with the the new hairdo, I think the hairdo is different. I've uh, I've gone up a weight class or two in uh, my professional <laughs> wrestling career. <laughs> but then I I went walking by the uh, the um, where was sacristy? You're in the sacristy, and I'm just walking by. And this is during COVID, so I got my mask on, and all of a sudden I hear Jim Fellows. It was like, ah, oh, Father Brian, that's awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was a surprise. That was a surprise. You and I, um, I don't know if you remember uh, when you first started at St. Ambrose, um, you and I would uh, uh, go out to lunch every once in a while. I do I do vaguely remember going to lunch. <laughs> it was such a profound experience yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think, didn't you help with RCIA? I did. Yeah. That's what I remember. I helped with RCIA for a year. That was uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, we would, we went to a sandwich place. It was your favorite sandwich place back then, but it doesn't sound like you go there anymore. I don't remember it. It's called Melio's. Oh yeah, I, you remember I, it now? I vaguely remember that now. <laughs> you were like, "This is my favorite sandwich place," and we'd go there and. Well, I had just gotten out of seminary, so let's keep things in perspective. Well, that's I mean, right. I've been eating in the seminary cafeteria for four years. Is so, it not good food? Well, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't Melios, obviously. So that was fun. I haven't I haven't been able to do that with any uh, associate pastors since. Oh. So they've they've all um, declined. Declined. Shocked. So <laughs> I, I should probably um, take that under consideration. <clears throat> so they have better offers. So I think probably the case. So uh, Father Brian is now at uh, Transfiguration Church in Lake Elmo. Are we in Lake Elmo? Oakdale. We're on the border of Maplewood and Oakdale. Okay. And um, I got to say, this is one of the most beautiful sanctuaries I've seen in the Twin Cities. Wow. I mean, aside from like the cathedral, which is a beautiful sanctuary, but um, I was uh, quite blown away by the sanctuary the first time I came to Mass here. Yeah, we, we, uh, we've, we're real proud of recent renovations. We have an altar rail, new altar rail, and I think that adds quite a bit. Looks fantastic, and we are right here on Memorial Day, and We've celebrated yesterday, Trinity Sunday, and next week is Corpus Christi, and we're going to be using the altar rail for the first time on a Sunday Mass. Wow. Corpus Christi, so yeah, it's real. 
real nice. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. What about for people who um, don't have the physical capability of kneeling? Yeah, I'm told that nobody has nobody has to kneel. Nobody has to receive in any particular way. But I think everyone who's mobile, who would generally approach in the line, would be expected to stand at the rail, and they can they can stand or kneel. However, so um. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you'd be smarter in this than I am. Um, but in the germ, after Vatican II, um, there really wasn't any, and we're totally off subject, I apologize. Um, but uh, th there was no uh, instructions to remove any of the altar rails. Gosh, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, there was. I, 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 I remember pretty well in doing my research that that was something that, um, it was just something that, um, churches did. They just took them out after Vatican II, and it's like the well, like well, nobody told you to take these out. So I'm kind of excited that they're coming. Uh, they're coming back here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know I think among the reasons I, I was I'm only here, not even here a year, and it's been in the works for a while. I think when a couple of years ago the Pew Research came out with a poll that said that 30 or so percent only of Catholics believe in the real presence. I think that was hopefully shocking to people and trying to respond to that in a positive way and implement changes that can help to increase devotion and at least recognition that something special is happening mm -hmm. here. It's that I think the rail is, uh, is part of that. I would agree. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. Any, anything that we can return more to um, the way things have been. I'm not yeah. going to say should be, but have been. Well, the te you know the teachings, the, the fundamental teachings, including the real presence, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it'd be nice if more people recognized what was going on here without... Uh, that's, that's always been a frustration. So um, one of the reasons that uh, uh, I asked uh, Father, Father Brian to join us um, was we needed some uh, we need uh, we needed some sparkling conversation while Father Rob is off on his retreat, without uh, shelter and without clothing. Sackcloth. It keeps getting yeah. He's got a, a he, he had a knife and a sackcloth and then just. I think a, Deacon Steve said ashes. He threw, he, he apparently has ashes <laughs> to put on his head when he's feeling especially badly about himself. He and he has no access to these podcasts right now, so that'll be interesting be when he catches up. It will be, <laughs> but um, and, and and Father Brian has has graciously accepted to to carry the podcast and and carry me through on these episodes. I listened to. I've listened to. Uh, a, a sort of pre preemptive strike. I haven't listened to every podcast. I've sure. listened to some, and I listened to Deacon Steve Weller, mm -hmm. and wow, he had some really great insights. I really, uh, I really, and I would, in fact, someday, I hope to um, to use some of his experiences to support some of my own ideas. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was really, I, I liked it. I liked he's it. a good guy. He seems like a very, very good man. He's, he's a good man. And um, fortunately, I was able to edit out a lot of the stupid stuff that I said. Oh, good. We had wow. like 55 minutes, and yeah. then I went and I tacked it, and it came down, I think, down, I think at 43. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think you might have missed a few. Well, that's fair. It, you know, it's... Sure. 
That does happen from time to time. So, um, not to delay anymore, although this is a lot of fun. Um, the uh, and people were going to miss the 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 uh, uh, the abuse back and forth. So it's nice that you're filling in well. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk to you about, but the first one I wanted to talk to you about, you were the pastor out in Belle Plaine. I was. I was the pastor of Our Lady of the Prairie in Belle Plaine. You know, I, when I first went there, I was technically called the administrator, and then somewhere in my five and a half years or so there, I was made officially the, the pastor. Hmm. Yep, exactly. All right. And um, and I, I remember reading about this in the paper, but um, I didn't connect the dots that you were out in Belle Plaine when this happened. Um, but I'm really interested in talking about um, a pretty significant experience, I guess you would say. Yeah, it was maybe singular might be strong, but unique is, well, maybe that's the same word, but it was unusual for sure. Yeah. yeah. The Satanic Monument proposal. Well, tell us about that. How did that come about? Okay, so I got there in February of 2015 and was getting accustomed to things. About uh, Thanksgiving time, you know, people are getting ready for Christmas and the Boy Scouts and the Elks Club put up the nativity display, the, the Belle Plaine big sort of monumental nativity display. It's, it's like wood cutouts of all the Nativity figures, and it's on. It's traditionally been put on public property right next to the police station. Okay. Well, some uh, a malcontent resident complained to the Freedom from Religion Foundation, and they're out of Wisconsin, and they responded, so to speak, by placing a banner in that same area, real close to the nativity display that had disparaging uh, messages about religion on that banner. And so I, um, I tried, in writing to the paper, tried to explain the difference between a, a symbolic representation of the nativity that has somewhat ambiguous in how one interprets it. Clearly, there's a tradition of how it's interpreted, but it's, it's somewhat different to me than a banner with blatant derogatory language about religion and God and those who believe in God. And so the, uh, the debate went on in town informally. The banner was taken down by someone within about 24 hours, which was um, sort of a sign of how Bell Plainers actually felt about the issue, but, but these folks were more or less imposing from outside. And, and that's kind of their MO, right? They like to pick on little towns that have fewer resources and are, are not able to defend themselves. But at any rate, it was decided that um, the, the nativity display would, in subsequent years, be placed on private property close to the original location but um, I think it was I think it was a loss in principle that that we sort of gave up and, and I guess I hope that with all that's happening and going on in the culture that that folks might revisit that and, and perhaps 
put the uh, put the nativity back on what, public property. Were you surprised that uh, was it the mayor that made that decision, or I don't. You know, I wasn't I wasn't privy to it. I doubt if it was the mayor, but I, it could have simply been the city officials had to have. Um, you made know, that decision. Uh, that'll come up in the Satanic Monument oh, okay. conversation. I, I think <laughs> yeah, at this point, it gets, my, it gets better. Folks. I think I think it still could have simply been just you know why why have all this trouble and discontent and and simply uh, the Boy Scouts and the, the uh, Rotary decided to place it in a on private property that was. Essentially, that for maybe practical purposes looked the same and was similar and reached the same audience. Mm -hmm. However, as a matter of principle, there was kind of a loss there. Sure. We kind of gave up. Right. So that was the beginning of, okay. of the battle with Freedom from Religion Foundation and the, the Satanic Monument. Um, because Things did settle down for about a year, but at the end of 2016, a veteran by the name of Joe Gregory died. And I had his funeral at Our Lady of the Prairie. His family subsequently decided to place one of these, you see these silhouette sort of statues they're usually black they've got different sometimes like sasquatch you'll see like walking through somebody's yard is just black right. cut out sort of thing well they place one of these black silhouette monuments of sasquatch not a sasquatch but of us and that that would have been okay but they 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 put it a soldier kneeling in front of a cross in bell plains veterans memorial park so, like a lot of small towns, Belle Plaine has a veterans park, mm -hmm. and they uh, they put they placed the monument there in honor of their relative Joe. It's of course based on the custom in in European military cemeteries, especially in the 20th century, for soldiers who died in the World Wars that their graves are marked with with crosses. You can see those images if you want to find them and uh so it's it's a soldier honoring a fallen soldier a soldier who has died in, in combat right mm -hmm. at, at his at the site of his grave well the very same person who complained about the nativity scene complained about this new monument with a cross and this monument came to be known as joe that was shorthand and you'll see these monuments in other places perhaps you yourself have seen them i've seen them in minnesota i saw them very somewhat recently when i visited my brother in north carolina they're not unique to bell plain or, or even minnesota but she complained about the monument and uh I learned that the Freedom From Religion Foundation, they will partner with sympathetic, like-minded groups in an attempt to accomplish their goal. So, the, so though it's unlikely that Freedom From Religion Foundation will put up a religious, so to speak, monument, they'll partner with someone else to do that. Mm -hmm. So they partnered with the Satanic Temple out of Massachusetts, who not only offered but insisted 
that they be able to place a satanic monument next to Joe, the monument right. honoring Joe, in Belle Plaines Veterans Memorial Park. And it was to be placed in the free speech zone that was created to accommodate Joe. The, the city council, to accommodate Joe, established this free speech zone, which of course opened up a can of worms uh -huh. because now anyone could put anything there. So the Satanic right. Temple is gonna put it, a monument which consists of a, a, a rock cube base, you know, it's a few feet on each side, a rock cube with inverted pentagram symbols. And in, on top of that rock cube base was to be an upside down soldier's helmet. A helmet. So if you sort of envision what this would look like, perhaps it seems somewhat harmless, but in consulting with at least one expert, I came to understand that this was for all practical purposes, satanic altar. And the purpose of the inverted helmet is that this is a vessel into which nasty concoctions that include various human bodily fluids would be poured into as sacrifices to demons. And uh, that struck me as an undesirable feature for our town. It, I, it, it was, if it had happened, it would have been the first, as I understand it, the first satanic monument on public property in Minnesota, if not the entire United States of America. So to give people a sense of uh, Belle Plaine, this is not, uh, this is a small town community, right? Belle Plaine is traditionally a, a farming community of 7,000 folks, yeah. halfway between Minneapolis and Mankato uh -huh. on Highway 169, which uh, is, uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's traditionally kind of rural community, small town, and uh, the, all this is not in the mind of the people of, of Belle Plaine. It's being imposed from without, you know. Right. So it was, uh, it, that was one of the, the aspects that was probably hurting my pride more, more than it ought to have. You, you kind of got frustrated with, with, big city folks from the outside trying to tell, sort of force little town Belle Plaine folks what to do and what they should do. And that was a, an unanticipated dynamic, I, I suppose, for me. Did the, did the Satanists show up in town? Or were they just doing this long distance? Yeah, as far as I know, it was all long distance. I never, I never came face to face with with one of them. Would you like throw holy water on them if they showed up? Yeah, well, yeah, I would have liked to have absolutely. <laughs> so, it so the the memorial for the Joe, the memorial for Joe is is in in memory of um, Joe of Joe Gregory, yeah, Joe Gregory. 
And it's to honor that memory. Yep. I don't understand how anyone could think that this particular, that this other monument, regardless of where it came from, how this honors anybody. It's a ruse. I mean, they'll, they won't admit this publicly, but it, it, it's to cause trouble and to, to a, accomplish their goal of, of ridding the public spaces of religion, of, of God. Hmm. Yeah. So what happened? What, what uh, you, well, you obviously had a, a difference of opinion here. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was difficult because I had been on the pro Joe faction. You know, I, I mean, I celebrated the man's funeral and right. and and was real happy to to have that that monument there in the park. But um, it became very clear to me that I had to become the leader of the anti-satanic monument faction which would essentially be a subdivision a, a subset of the pro joe faction there were a surprising to me surprising number of bell plain residents who were willing to accept the satanic monument if that was the price for having joe remain but as the catholic priest in town <laughs> I, I couldn't, I could live without Joe. Uh, I had lived most of my life without Joe. I mean, Joe the Monument. God bless him, Joe the Monument. Yeah. But, but I, I couldn't live with a satanic monument in, in town. Not, not, I mean, even if it wasn't the first in Minnesota or the country, I, I, I mean, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Right. I had to fight against it. So, um, so that's, that's what I did. And, the biggest sort of event that I was part of was on June fifth of twenty seventeen. We had uh, we had adoration and prayers uh, in the late afternoon, early evening, and then I and a group of of parishioners walked the several blocks over to City Hall in Belle Plaine, and I gave a presentation to the city council, which they didn't seem to be particularly interested in. But I explained to them the danger of having such a monument that it would attract Satanists and curiosity seekers mm -hmm. and that they would corrupt and harm and recruit the, 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 the children of Belle Plaine to be involved in their activities. And it was, uh, it was on, essentially on the path that kids took from the new developments where they lived on one side, the south side of 169, to the school they attended, which was on the north side of 169, and they would pass through the park. So it was uh, it was a really uh, potentially dangerous monument for us to have, and so I argued how uh, this was unacceptable, and they listened to me, I guess, but. Um, not not much happened immediately. However, there was another group from outside Belle Plaine, a, a Catholic group that was gained some interest, and they scheduled a, a rosary rally 
on Saturday, July 15th, which would have coincided with the, the town's annual parade for barbecue. It's called Barbecue Days. Hmm. And, uh, but the night before that, members of, of Joe's family, either late at night or early in the morning, they, they went and, and removed the Joe monument and then, and then two days later, at the regularly scheduled city council meeting, they suppressed or abolished the free speech zone, hmm. which effectively prohibited any monuments from, from being there placed by private parties. So I wasn't privy to what I presume were some like backroom negotiations between Joe's family and the city council so that you know this, this timing worked out. And Joe's family must have been devastated by this. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I didn't, uh, somewhat surprisingly, I didn't, maybe maybe because uh, I had to take the anti-Joe stance oh. uh, to uh, to prevent the satanic monument. Maybe that's why I wasn't invited into some of those negotiations. But I, I think that people could kind of, I think people, whether it was my words or they just kind of, realize yeah this is a really bad this is not the kind of attraction we want in Bellplane. we don't want to have have a satanic monument i think right. they realized that that was a bad thing and and so they worked to uh to prevent that so so that's how bell plane uh and i was part of this you know this story of bell plane minnesota not being the home of the first satanic monument in Minnesota and perhaps perhaps the country. What well, were you um, um, when you when the bishop asked you to or, or directed you to go out to Belle Plaine, was uh, was this on your radar that you were going to be fighting Satanists? I, no, no, of course, no, it never crossed my mind. Who could have seen it? Who could have seen it? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it's, it is, it's amazing. You learn a lot when you go through those things. You, you don't, it, it's one of those things and we all know them. You don't, you don't anticipate and you don't know anything about it until you have to do it. And right. then, and then, and then you're in a, a real crash course of how, how to do these things. And uh, yeah, so it was interesting. Was, was Joe the monument, was that uh, blessed at any point? Not that I'm aware of. It it did. The um, it it had there was an, some interesting parallels with nativity displays. You'll it'll probably come up this year. It comes up every few years or so where a nativity display will be placed in a on public property in the town, and somebody complains and. And it ends up being removed. However, the result is that they multiply that everyone in town places a nativity display. And right. I think in Wasika, Minnesota, I think yeah. this happened. And so, like, virtually everyone in town, when their their public nativity display was was taken away, they all put one up in their own yard. So there's a similar phenomena that happened with Joe that businesses and residents, when Joe was taken away, he was mass produced and, and really and, yeah oh absolutely yeah he was placed in all kinds of different so there were multiple joes all over oh Bell yeah Plain. in Bell Plain, there's joes around um 
the, the Veterans Hall has one, a huge one, and you'll see them in, in other yards as well, absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. It was, a, it was a, a nice consequence of that. So I get your um, hesitancy to have a satanic monument in your town. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but aside from, I would think aside from like the curiosity aspect or, you know, the, the touristing, uh, touristing uh, bureau um, advertising this as like, hey, you Satanists, come and visit Belle Plaine. Um, were there more spiritual issues that you were concerned about? Oh my about? gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, wow. The... Um the um, well, the altar itself would have attracted satanic activity, right. satanic worship, and then the um, how the uh, the people would obtain whatever it was they wanted to sacrifice would have presumably impacted the the community in in, in some way, and would have seems to me been a, a natural sort of place for there to be continued development, even physical plant development of satanic organizations and activities. I mean, why not Why not go to a place where there's a, a public altar and, right. and where land is relatively cheap, I suppose, and you could, you could uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, and then I, I tried to explain to the, to the city, it dawned on me when we do that. We renew our baptismal promises at uh, not only at, at baptisms, but at the Easter Vigil. We we go through these questions: Do you renounce Satan? I do in all his works. I do in all his empty promises. I do. I tried to warn at least one Bell Plain official that by accepting this, you have you have violated your baptismal promises, right? And you have opened yourself, and as a representative of the town. You have opened yourself up to demonic attachments, yeah. obsession, per, perhaps even possession, certainly demonic influences that are really dangerous. And uh, so, yeah, it wasn't just me being uh, unreasonable or, or not, you know, trying to be part of polite society and, oh, I don't want that stain on on the town's reputation there was a real spiritual evil that was that would would be present you weren't attacking free speech no 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 this no, wasn't no. a free speech no issue. no it was not it was not about yeah i uh i was not that was i had to be concerned about the spiritual welfare of of town of the people of the town well that's what you were charged with yeah that was my responsibility and you know on a and i know um, don't want to be unnecessarily provocative, but shocking to me how little support I had from, I had no support from surrounding pastors. Uh, really? And there were plenty of them. And uh, none, zero, zero reaching out to me, supporting me. It was, it was kind they of They didn't join in the battle. I was told by a high-ranking Bell Plain official that one of the, probably the, the, the most popular pastor in town said that it, it was okay. It was okay to have the, the satanic monument. And uh, wow. So, yeah, shocking, shocking. 
um, lack of concern. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I think it would go outside the bounds of, of what you like to do on this program. <laughs> Fair enough. We won't try. We won't go down that road any further. So, um, when I was reading up about um, this whole incident and and reading about the um, the I think it was the Boston Satanic Temple that was uh, Salem. Yeah, which Salem. I think is a which is a I think a suburb maybe or you know a Salem witch trial right right I mean, right yeah almost certainly intentionally located there in Salem. But they um, they will openly say, and this is probably where the pastor was coming from, but we're not going to go down that road. But they will openly say that they don't actually believe in Satan, that they're just... Yeah. Do you th- and so- again, this, this is a strategy. This is yeah. a very clearly a strategy that um, that's what they will... That's what they will profess as maybe their organizational um, position. Right. right. But as, I mean, we just 40 minutes ago or so said that only 30% of Catholics believe in the real present. Right. We don't have to think very hard to identify Catholics who have decided that abortion is okay. Right. So uh, it's very evident to me that if the Catholic Church is incapable of convincing its own members of what to think about fundamental truths Mm -hmm. about our religion, then within the Satanic Temple there are members with diverse opinions on whether or not Satan exists and whether or not he ought to be worshipped and whether or not... So, I mean, it's... Uh, so you think it's just a veneer, that the whole, uh, I, we don't believe in anything, and we're just I, doing this to be I clearly, I clearly think it's, it's, a, it's a veneer that um, is more palatable, that is maybe not going to be vigorously opposed by, by people in authority, but, um, but clearly they are not vetting and throwing out folks who advance very insidious diabolical activities it's it's my theory that um uh like because rock stars will say that too they'll be like oh i've got these pentagrams up but it's just for show and and it's my personal theory that uh, satan doesn't really care yeah it's i think he's okay with it it's very it's either they're either naive or stupid or lying combination or lying yeah right i mean the, the this we don't get to decide what what satan uses as an invitation to to participate in our in our lives i mean it's the it's the same constant sort of conversation that one needs to have with with children about ouija boards and Mm -hmm. all these just as certain drugs are considered gateway drugs to more serious problems certain activities are considered to be gateways for for uh, for satanic influence and activity that a person doesn't need to give complete conscience and for conscious informed consent that that devil will use these things to to get his toe in and and start doing real serious harm to people's lives so yeah 
Yeah, it reminds me, Deacon, Deacon Steve just recently talked about the crucifix in his in his home parish where Jesus his ribs looked like a door. Right. And he talked about that, how Jesus is a door. And um and uh and unfortunately not only are there doors to the divine, there are there are doors to the demonic right. that we have to be uh, safeguard ourselves against. Yeah. I would have been praying to St. Michael like every hour. Yeah, we we almost certainly we you know that was that's sort of was our part of our regular uh, routine. So I'm I'm sure we were praying. And I was happy that it was you know St. Boniface. It was a there's a significant German contingent in Belle Plaine, and we had a we had a almost certainly had a yeah we had a statue of St. Boniface the Apostle to Germany who cut down the. The, the sacred tree, you know, and people are expecting to him to be blasted with lightning or something, and you know, and and it, he so by cutting down that sacred tree, he showed that the the, the pagan gods were powerless and, and was able to spread Christianity in Germany, and so I, I felt good that my my talk to the uh, to the Belt Plain City Council was on on his his feast day. Well, I can't imagine, like, just from a career standpoint, like, you know, uh, it, letting Satanists into your town while, while you're the pastor um, may not have worked out well for you for, you know, not necessarily career advancement, but for your next assignment. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I think that's, uh, wow, how I wish, I know, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I wish there were. I wish there was more concern. I wish there was more concern about it. I, um, I'm happy. I think that uh, I'm happy to have done my job. I think when I try to make sense of my life, I think that's why I was sent to Bell Plain. There was a lot of stuff I had to offer that I don't think was of great interest to the people of Bell Plain. <laughs> um, but, um, but. Uh, I, I think I had the, the temperament to, to fight that particular fight, so I'm glad that I could. could and I'm it. glad you won. Yeah, well, yeah, praise God. It was, uh, I'm glad that it never came. I'm right. glad that it never came. I can't imagine the, the terrible consequences that, that could have come. I mean, now even, wow, just think, imagine a town, you've got COVID lockdown. People aren't able to do the regular things inside, so... What's going to happen if you've got a, a satanic monument in your town, an outdoor satanic monument to your town during COVID-19 when ki children have hours upon days and days right. of idle time? I mean, it could have been an absolute disaster. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and kids, you're absolutely right. Kids are always like, I remember some of the stuff that we'd, we'd gather in the bathroom and we do the Bloody Mary chant, and hopefully that was going to pop up in the mirror. And it's like we were kids; we were stupid. We didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. It's kids. Kids are curious, of course. Right. It, it, yeah. So praise God, it, it never materialized. So, um, what what was what did you take from that? What did you learn? How did this affect your ministry? Like after it was all done. Well, you know, I don't. You know, I think it was a great. It was a great focus for some of my own sort of interests and temperament to, to fight. I like I like to fight and it's it's nice when the, the enemy is so obviously evil and it's it just so clear black and white mm -hmm. and so so I, I was happy to 
to be able to maybe practice on such an obvious enemy. Now I find that uh, I still, I almost need that dynamic in my life to be, to be myself and to be my, my sort of best self, I would say. I need, and, and that's hard to do as a, a, a priest in America in the 21st century, where, especially in Minnesota, where everyone's supposed to be nice and always be nice and just be nice and be nice, right? And that's the sum of religion sometimes we're led to believe in. I, 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 um, I really have, with recent changes in, in the uh, leadership in our in our government, I have, uh, and that's you know something we could talk about too. I, I've really uh, decided that I need to do a lot more on the front lines in the pro-life world and be fight against evil. And uh, and so it's yeah, it, it's it's really helped me to see the value of of not just being nice all the time. That people have to actually confront evil. Well, I remember when you first came, and you were fresh out of seminary, and I remember you uh, coming to uh, St. Ambrose and, um, and when you started preaching. And we had, um, and St. Ambrose was a, a kind of a training ground for, for priests just coming out of seminary. And we had um, a, a few guys uh, before you who really needed to work on the homiletics just to be kind <laughs> it wasn't their it wasn't their strong suit and i remember you coming and i, I just i remember that you were very uh you were very, very thoughtful you were very you know i would uh, the word demure comes to mind you weren't confrontational you were just you know you were you were coming from a very theological perspective within your your uh, homilies and sharing it with people and then uh, my men's group played one of your homilies like from recent and I'm like, who is this guy? It's like, it's like that's Father Brian. I'm like Father Brian Lynch? And they're like, yeah. And yes, you like a good fight. <laughs> that was clear in the homily yeah. I was listening to, and not like you know, not in a mean way. No, no, and you know, and and so the, I mean, this is almost certainly the temper tantrum homily of. of January twenty second. No, no, no. There wasn't oh. that one. Oh, it's no. It oh. was. It was the first one I heard. Was um, I shared that one with the group? <laughs> the January one. But the one prior to it was. Um, sorry, not all nice people go to heaven. Oh, oh, good. And that was like that's a that's a that's a t- you. The, I wouldn't say that you're a fighter. I would say that you're a fighter for the truth. Sure. Well, I sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you're just not going to, it's like, sorry, but this is what the reality is. Yeah. And I listened to that homily and I was like, he's right. Not all nice people go to heaven and you can't just because they're nice, they're going to go there. Well, you get one, you know, and shockingly, I, during this year of COVID, I've probably gone to fewer funerals than I ever have as a priest, but that's another topic. Um, the, when you go to as many funerals as, as I've gone to, and you all the nonsense that comes out of people giving eulogies about the, how nice the person was and how nice, and this is why they're going to heaven. It's shocking. You will be hard-pressed to ever go to a Catholic funeral where somebody will say, so is, I believe that so-and-so is in heaven because she believed in Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and, 
and belonged to the church and lived the sacramental life of the church, accepted the graces that the, the church offers. And, and, and she, I believe that she's in heaven because of Jesus Christ. You won't hear that. It's shocking. If It should be shocking, but I'm afraid it's not. People think, you know, as long as I'm not an axe murderer, as long as I didn't actually build the satanic monument in Belle Plaine and pour blood into the helmet and and pledge my allegiance to satan then i'm gonna go to heaven amen no no not amen right or is it amen well the whole thing <laughs> not, not the last speech all right i'm gonna edit that out i was thinking of the whole speech that you just the the monologue not just the end of the monologue yeah <laughs> no it, it's yeah it's it's uh it's it's too bad people don't Get it, but you know, again, you know, I listening to to Deacon Steve and his uh, talking about just great witness and how he didn't get it in so many fundamental ways, even as he was in seminary. I could say the, the same thing about about some things myself, and uh, but so many people just don't get it. Right, they just don't get it, and uh, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna try to change that with the. To gather, <laughs> to our gather, to our gather podcast <laughs> with with Father Rob Kroll and Jim Fellows. <laughs> Good plug. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Father, we should probably wrap up. I think that this is a fascinating story. I think uh, I think people are going to be really interested in this. Oh, great. Good. So, um, if you wouldn't mind uh, closing us out with prayer, sure. And um, we try to pray for one particular. Well, I asked the the listeners to send in the prayer request, and I haven't gotten any this week. So maybe we just—it's Memorial Day, mm-hmm. and maybe we could offer special intention for. Yeah, you know, I think um, is some of the reason I, I wanted to share this particular story today was the the connection to Memorial Day. Right. I think. I think. You know, the, the Veterans Memorial Park. And I had a beautiful, a friend shared, I was able to be part of uh, sort of reviving the, the chapel in Bell, beautiful little chapel in Bell Plain in our cemetery. Yeah. And they, they uh, we, we started having masses again there when I was there. And, and, and Father Kaluza, God bless him, is, is continuing it, it seems. And so I was really happy to see that this morning. So for, um, yeah, for let's let's pray in a special way for... For all who have died in, in service to our country on this Memorial Day, and 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 Joe in particular, you know Joe Gregory who mm-hmm. who served our country, and um, and then also uh, on this, it's also the feast of the visitations. Our Lady visits uh, Elizabeth and, and Jesus and and Saint John the Baptist are present. So, for for all those mothers who are are carrying infants, that they will have the grace to 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 bring their their babies into this world to to uh, receive the sacraments and become adopted sons and daughters of God. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on our church, especially the church in America. We ask for the salvation of all those who have died in service to our country, that they would live with you with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in heaven. We ask, too, that you would give graces to all moms who are are pregnant, that they will receive all the help they need to bring 
their babies into this world and they become members of your family and your church. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks again, Father. I appreciate you filling in. You can fill in anytime you want. This My has pleasure. been fantastic. My pleasure. And uh, if you have any questions or anything that you'd like prayed for, uh, just send us uh, an email at mail at twoourgathered.com. It's the number two. It's the letter R. It's the word gathered. Um, and uh, have a great week, folks. I hope you guys have had a, a, a decent Memorial Day weekend. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.